Welcome to the ORX podcast. My name is Helen Labarty and I'm the head of ORX services. I'm joined by my colleagues, Catherine Sharalambas, Research Senior Manager for the ORX Cyber Service. Hi, Helen. And Simon Johnson, ORX Scenario Senior Manager. Hello. Today, we're going to be focusing on the cyber service, specifically through the lens of scenarios. So firstly, Catherine, please could you give us a quick overview of what our ORX Cyber Service does? Yes, sure. Thanks, Helen. So our ORX Cyber Service is a unique operational risk management service that we've created specifically for cyber and information security risk professionals in the second line of defense. So the great thing about the cyber service is you can become part of a global community that works together to improve cyber risk management within the industry. So this allows you to share information to benefit your industry while also gaining information from your peers. Some of the key parts of the cyber service are that it combines the cyber event data exchange with collaboration, so working groups of your peers, and also uh, research to provide the second line practitioners with insights and information that they need to effectively manage and measure cyber as a key risk. Fantastic. Thanks, Catherine. And Simon, could you give us an overview of our ORX scenario service, please? Yeah, sure. Our ORX scenario service gives our subscribers the tools, resources, and knowledge they need to run an effective scenario program. Our subscribers form an active global community of operational risk scenario experts, and we meet regularly to solve challenges, discuss ideas, and share expertise. We also house a scenario library, which allows subscribers to compare their scenario portfolio against peers to ensure full coverage of the most relevant scenarios. Overall, ORX Scenarios is driven by our participants who set the priorities and focus. This influences the research projects and tools we develop to support them in their work. Thanks, Simon. So in today's podcast, we'll be discussing the highlights from the recent ORX Cyber Scenario Study. Firstly, I'd like to give a brief introduction to the study and why we decided to focus on this topic. We know through our many discussions with members and subscribers and through our top risk reports, cyber risk continues to be one of the top risks being managed by financial services firms across the globe. And one of the key topics our subscribers wanted to pursue was the creation and management of a successful cyber-focused scenario programme. So this study's aim was to provide insights in the objectives of cyber scenarios and how they're managed, common storylines that are being assessed, attributes that are typically included in cyber scenario storylines and assessments, and how to leverage the outcomes of a successful scenario programme focused on cyber. So Catherine, you led the study. Please could you give us an idea of the key insights the study gave us? Yes, sure. Thanks, Helen. So we did get quite a lot of very interesting insights from the study, and I'm not going to share all of those today. I'm going to pick out the key one to talk about first, which was the reliance that organisations place on subject matter experts at all stages of their cyber scenarios programmes. So this was something that came out throughout our survey results, throughout our discussions after the survey as we were preparing the research study. And interestingly, the SMEs that are relied upon are typically internal staff members. So we're not talking about a reliance on external consultants. It's very much the internal staff members who are able to really add context, depth and breadth to the available data. And this enables them to validate decisions made, ensure that key parameters such as probability of occurrence or loss given occurrence are realistic. 
Just to list some of the things they support, the selection of the storylines, how they're assessed, and also how the outcomes are interpreted and used. And the interesting part was the SMEs are relied upon throughout all stages, as I mentioned, and it's not dependent upon the data that is available. They really are a key resource no matter you know, how long a, an organization has had their cyber scenarios in place or how much data they have to support them. There are four key data sets that the SMEs then rely on during the process to obviously support them with the work they do. And these are firstly internal and external event data. So this was obviously an interesting finding. You know, one of the key parts of the RX Cyber Service is the RX event data exchange. And so we're really seeing here how it can support the cyber scenarios development for organizations. The second one is top and material risk data. Again, RX has some resources to help um, in this area, such as the Horizon report and the top risk reports. The third one was threat intelligence. And the last one is internal risk and control data within an organization, such as control efficiency and other parameters such as that that you collect internally within your organization. The second key finding that I think is really important to highlight today is that, interestingly, we found no consistency in the number of scenarios organizations develop. There tend to be three different approaches to the number of scenarios organizations are using. The first one is an organization will use a few more complex storylines that integrate multiple threat actors or impacts into individual scenarios. So, for example, they'll have three or four scenarios, but these scenarios are are quite in-depth with a lot of detail in them. The second one is to have a high volume of short scenarios that assess individual impacts or threat actors. So maybe over 10 scenarios, which are really very, very focused and targeted on individual impacts or threats. And the last one is to have a small number of baseline scenarios, say three or four baseline scenarios, that provide a more generic view of risks. And then these are supported by more detailed scenarios. And and these detailed scenarios will leverage the assessment results of the baseline scenarios to reduce assessment time. So these baseline scenarios are assessed and the results of those assessments are utilized in the more detailed scenarios so that you're not reassessing an entire scenario each time, which is obviously very time consuming. Whichever approach an organization chooses, Again, a key finding was that organizations are ensuring that they have good coverage of threat actors and impacts. So, for example, they want to make sure that they are covering all their threat actors, such as internal threat actors, internal threat actors, and also risk originating at third or fourth parties. And then also that the impacts of confidentiality, availability, and integrity are all covered by the scenarios that they have. Thanks, Catherine. That's really interesting. And Simon... Are you also seeing the key reliance of SMEs in the scenarios program? Uh, Yeah, the the reliance on SMEs that Catherine's just mentioned is something that we have previously discussed as part of our scenario working groups. I think as scenarios become increasingly used to support risk management, the role of the SME evolves. So this is particularly important as the industry develops scenarios that tackle emerging risks with entity-wide consequences. Data to develop these scenarios can be limited, and it is often the case for certain types of cyber or climate scenarios. In these instances, scenario practitioners and owners have to lean more on subject matter experts than for other scenario types. For scenario practitioners, it's really important to consider the impact of this. So 
it can induce a fear or a worry in the SMEs that they are solely responsible for the assessment of the scenario. It can also be a time-intensive process for the SMEs, especially if they are part of a small internal group with that particular knowledge and a particular and specific skill set that are hard to find. This may make them reluctant to have an open conversation about the risk. And we've seen our subscribers counter this by developing collaborative approaches to roles, responsibilities and ownership. And also undertake effective campaign planning, so scheduling multiple scenarios in a single workshop to make the best use of SMEs' time. Thanks, Simon. So I think clearly in the scenario space, there is a heavy reliance on subject matter experts. And with the increasing demand for talent and the demand on recruitment in the industry, the people risk involved needs careful management across the board. Equally, there needs to be some clear boundaries around roles and responsibilities set so that there is not an over-reliance or burden put onto these valuable SMEs. Across both cyber and scenario programmes in general, there is the real need for collaboration, clear roles and responsibilities, and the sharing of information and data. And Catherine, out of interest, is there one type of cyber scenario that organisations all seem to focus on? Yes, Helen, there is. It's ransomware and other variations of cyber attacks, but really notably ransomware. Thank you. And in terms of the challenges that firms are seeing with the execution of scenarios, can you outline the challenges identified in the study, Simon? Uh, Yes. yes. So the report breaks the challenges down into three areas. So people, process and data. From a broader operational risk scenario perspective, the people challenge that was highlighted resonates with our discussions. So I'd probably categorise them under two subheadings. So firstly, engagement, buy-in and ownership, and secondly, senior support. So with regards to engagement, buy-in and ownership, first-line engagement can be an issue because of some of those challenges that we mentioned earlier. So fear and worry, time, the use of your scenarios. And scenario practitioners have to be flexible and innovative to support first-line engagement. We've heard that being clear about the scope and the limits of roles and responsibilities helps to dispel first-line fears, as do collaborative governance models. Additionally, documentation of expectations relating to the scope and the boundaries of responsibilities can help provide the clarity needed to drive engagement. Then if we think about senior support, support from senior management is another concern that was noted in the paper, and scenario practitioners have told us that they are having to be increasingly clear of the value of their scenario programme and ensure that it is communicated and understood across the business to ensure senior management support. In terms of process challenges, again, the challenges identified in the report reflect the challenges seen by the broader scenario community. So reviews can be time consuming, as as Catherine's already mentioned, and we are seeing more institutions use trigger-based reviews or desktop reviews to increase uh, the relevance and reduce the time needed. Usable storyline development continues to be a challenge, with institutions increasingly developing multi-layered scenarios. And finally, quantifying scenarios, especially those with limited data, is challenging. And um, we're writing a paper on scenario quantification practices at the moment that will hopefully highlight best practice and also discuss the different methodologies. Um, Then finally, with regards to data, uh, sort of accessing and leveraging high quality and full data sets is a challenge especially when creating scenarios for emerging risks. 
If I think back to the work we've done recently on developing greenwashing scenarios, so that's an area of, of limited data, I would recommend making the most of your internal data. So your emerging risk program, your RCSA results, your lost database. So looking beyond purely the cyber program. Equally, using a range of external sources, so news outlets, legal sources, regulatory developments, um, and without plugging it too much, the Eric Scenario Library has over 100 cyber scenarios for you to benchmark against. Thanks, Simon. That's great. And looking to the future then, what are the opportunities for developing a cyber scenario programme? So Helen, I think planning is key. And this was really clear in our, in our study that planning is really so important identify your objectives, ensure that you're really clear and that all people involved in in your scenario program are really clear on the objectives and that your cyber scenarios program is meeting those objectives. Also put governance in place, registers, templates, review plans, for example. And then touching on two of the topics that Simon has just mentioned, data. Data is key. So where you can improve your data set, find external data that you can utilize and improve the quality of your internal data. And then lastly, um, picking up again on one of Simon's comments, quantification. So look towards incorporating quantification techniques into your approach. The benefits of this is it enables more rapid assessments of scenarios, more effective use of your data. It can tackle issues such as subject matter expert bias and also enables more iterations of scenarios to be done. So you can assess your scenarios and and end up with multiple outcomes, which is obviously provides far more information to your organization. Thanks, Catherine. And thanks again to you both. That was all really useful information. And thanks also to our subscribers who participated in the study. A summary of the report is available on our website. And if you are a subscriber, you can access the full report on our subscribers site. Thank you all for listening. You can find out more about the ORX Cyber and ORX Scenario Service by visiting orx.org.